October 29, 2021. It's Watt from Pedro Show.
Scott for Pedro Show. Started off Love Supreme Part 2 Resolution. This is live in Seattle, John Coltrane. Tape from Joe Brazil, the guy played flute on the Ohm record. He had this up stored away and they found it and he only did this whole piece a couple times. Recorded, I think, three or four times altogether. But, you know, I got it last week. 77 minutes. It's more than twice the original. I let's do it 15 times straight, about 18 hours. I love it. Two basses, too. The uh, cat named Donald Garrett joined Jimmy Garris. Uh, then we had Barroom Slither. See you next Tuesday soundtrack with Brian McComber, Evan Lipson, Mikey Hepner. Now, I know bass brother Evan Lipson because he's the f- cat and brought a lot of these fucking connects and righteous guests I've had got to have on the Watt from Pedro show. So I'm most grateful, brother. Evan Lipson. In fact, I think him and Ice have a new shipmate coming aboard. Now, people, because of those Estonian software engineers and their Skype invention, I got Brian McComber with me. Welcome aboard, Brian. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, Brother uh, Evan Lipson on the bass and, and quite a network of musician cats he has, you know. It's really helped enrich uh, both the show and my life. But I, I'm really curious about your music journey. It looks like you ended up in the movie business a little bit, or at least supplement the mix with the fucking mm-hmm. uh, ear hole, stuffing stuff in ear holes to fit go along with stuff that gets stuffed in eye holes. Yep. So, please bring your earliest musical recollection, Brian. Yeah, my, my I was thinking about this. My I think my first real musical memory was always sneaking over to my next door neighbor's house. So he's a few, a few houses down, so like three houses down. But I'd always hear drum set in the distance because he had a band and they practiced in the basement of this sort of cul-de-sac uh, sub- suburb I grew up on. And so I would always sneak down and watch them through this little hole that was on the side of the house that you could see into the basement. And I, I was just fascinated. You I was a, I, Yeah, I was a peeping Tom. <laughs> There's a, a weird peep. movie called that. Have you ever seen that? Oh, my God, it was disgusting. <laughs> yeah. But that was more about purring things. This was, you got hankering for music. In fact, not just music, but drums. Yeah, specifically the drums spoke to me really early on, although when I started playing music and once there was a music program in my middle school and I was old enough, I I started on the trumpet, but I switched to the drums. I always wanted to play the drums. Well, can I ask you, Brian, in the pad you grew up, not three doors down, Yeah, was there musical instruments? There was no musical instruments and no music. Okay. You mean not even listening? No, I mean, my, I remember my pops listening to like, you know, Jim Reeves, Patsy Cline and stuff. It just didn't speak to me. Okay. But later on, you got into Patsy, right? She had some bad, Oh yeah. that, that her backing bands that like that kind of uh, cowboy swing, right? A lot of tic-tac bass. Yeah. It's baritone guitar, right? Tenor guitar, trippy stuff, but Econo, never Bogarden. Uh, I think it's really interesting stuff. But you know, when you're a kid, you want to have your own world anyway. What was the first record you bought with your own money, Brian? Uh, the first cassette tape I bought with yeah, my own I'm money. Yeah, I'm sorry. It was doesn't at, matter well, on the medium. Yeah. Well, it kind of did. I think it's important, right? It shows how old I am. It's like, you know. <laughs> okay. You, mine was eight tracks, right? Columbia. So that's not even how old. It's like one little period, right? 
because yeah, cassettes totally. have come totally. back. Eight tracks never came back. <laughs> yep. Yeah. No, <laughs> I never bought an eight track, but yeah. but uh, yeah, what? the first tape I bought was Skid Row. Skid Row. Oh yeah. Okay. What's his name, Mister Bach? Right. Yeah. There you go. All yeah. Right. Little, I mean, I, I don't. I don't he's know. more it's together like, now, but he had a little bit of drama in his life earlier. Yeah. Oh, I, I can't really stand by a lot of the things he said off the microphone, but I can <laughs> tell you that that music excited me when I was, I, I guess, like ten years old. You know, the conflict between the artist and the art, I think, is always going to be there. Sometimes. Oh you yeah. Want to meet I, the I'm, cat, right? <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, Evan can tell you all about that. Okay. <laughs> We don't have to go there, though. No, 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 no. So what about first gig you saw? Um, I, Well, I mean, I definitely saw, I don't know if you call them gigs, but I also was really inspired by the just, live like, music. Yeah, yeah, like parades. You know, yeah, I remember sure. going to the town parades and just listening to the fife and drum stuff. Yeah, and, yeah. And that's another thing that drew me to the snare drum in particular, which later in life I, I did a lot of. Playing but first, first... Uh, trumpet right that's your first music instrument so you must have been in marching band maybe yep yep i did that i always did all the school bands um you know any any kind of music i could do until high school when i, I just got too busy playing in my own bands i was i was doing you know marching uh, band let's go back band. let's go back because you said yep. you, you wanted to get off the trumpet right but you kept yeah, doing trumpet while trumpet. you did drums at the same time was it parallel universe thing well, the way that the the band in the school had it is you had to pick. And they wouldn't even let you play drums in the beginning. They wanted everyone to get their hands on a musical instrument, learn how to read music. And I just fought against that. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. to, to, to my own fault, like looking back now, I wish. Yeah, but I... it's hard. Once somebody said, uh, youth is wasted on the young. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> no, you got to grow up, right? You can't know this shit until you look back, right? Yeah. Any, you anyway, know, go on, just... go on. Yeah, yeah, I just wanted to play the music that I wanted to play, and because I which grew is up probably rock and roll, right? <laughs> yeah, I could already play that. I didn't need, I didn't need to learn yeah. how to read anything or take lessons. I already could play the music I wanted to play, and and I did that. I, I had a little band by eleven. We were, I, I was like gigging, you know. I, I should ask you though about how did yeah. you get a drum? Because the drum sets, now that guy had a basement three doors down. Now, right. What your parents like? Fuck it, we're going to turn our house into a prac pad. <laughs> no, this is what I did. So I, because I grew up in like a suburb, there were older kids, not, not this guy I told you about that I was uh, peeping on, yeah. but down, he was old. He was in high school when I was like 10. Yeah, that is so, old. That is old. Yeah. So, but there were other, there were other kids in the neighborhood that were like three or four years ago, older yeah. than me and their parents were hippies. So, ah. so great because I could, I, I just like, I, I, I had a paper route from the time I was not, I just saved my money yeah. and I, I bought, uh, I would buy little symbols. My parents got me like a little crappy used drum set for a hundred bucks. And oh, then I okay. immediately took that drum set and put it no, in the No, but that, I think that's important, Brian, because they're in on it. Yeah. Oh, totally. I, 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 it was, I had an older brother too, that saw my interest and really he, he threw in some money too. And they bought me this little hundred dollar drum know, set. Elvin Jones, he got his first drums with his sister helping out. And, oh, yeah? and, and there's paper route. Yeah, there's on YouTube.com. I, I ain't shitting you, Brian. You go to YouTube.com and there's a half hour documentary called Different Drummer. And Elvin Jones talks about it. Are you serious? I was just, I mean, I was just listening to that live in Seattle recording. And oh, wow. Was, Elvin is really like, loud on there, huh? <laughs> oh, man, he's so loud. It's so good. I, I, I'm just such a huge Elvin fan. Yeah, I didn't know yeah. that about him, but that that's that's cool. Well, that's well, cool I just tipped you to it. When we're done with the show, you can get over there. It's only a half hour. 
And he's talking yeah. about how no one wanted to play with him because he wouldn't play. You know, his time is kind of like the ocean. It's a, a, a wa- waves uh, and pulses, you know. Yeah, uh, I love that. Right, right. And other cats might have come from Africa that way because I've heard of other drummers. The straight time thing is kind of not universal. It's yeah. Kind of voiced. <laughs> anyway, let's go back. You have a band at 11 years old. Yeah, yeah. So I, 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 I got that drum set. Immediately moved it into the kids. I used to skateboard down the road. They're the hippie parents, and we. I moved it into that basement. So I, my parents never had to deal with the right, noise. Right, right. And um, yeah, man. We just, I, I, yeah. I, we started gigging. I was eleven. They were like fourteen. Um, what was the material? And, original or copying off records? In the beginning, we were just doing Nirvana covers, yeah, Hendrix cop- covers. Just but trying to learn is, stuff, right? Yeah. That's yeah, what that, but, but also. Too. In yep, fact, yep. that's all me and D Boone did because no one else wrote songs until the fucking movement. Seventies was not <laughs> happening, Brian. Let me tell you, <laughs> not happening. So, what was the name of this band? That band never had a name. Oh, um, but you were doing gigs. We were doing it was gigs. Like Brian's band's actually... gonna play. <laughs> yeah, you know it's funny. I was there, I still have this article. It's in the Hartford Current because I grew up in like a Connecticut suburb near New Haven. Okay, and uh, it was a Hartford Current article. Hartford. What was the title? club there? I played at Trinity College, but Anthrax. Yeah. There was a hardcore club near there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's a whole part of my, like, you know, teenage years is the hardcore scene <laughs> in Connecticut and the tune in and New Haven and going sure. back and New forth. Haven also had an uh, old rock club called Toads. Yep. And they had the tune in. I don't know if you ever played there. Never but... did there. But uh, LNG in New London where the Coast Guard. LNG. Yeah. That was the other stomping. Those, that, those are like, so my first, to go back to what you asked about my first sure. concert, first one I really remember was just going to this VFW, like hardcore punk show. Yeah. Um, and that's where I saw all of these bands that were coming out of like Worcester and New York and New Haven. Worcester. Bands like, what's that? Worcester. I played there with Primus opening up for him. And yeah, it's not Worcester. It's Worcester. Worcester. Yeah. Worcester. <laughs> In fact, that's yeah. where this guy told me about if you're having a good time, it's a wicked pisser. <laughs> yeah. Wicked. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I, <laughs> you know, puking out the nostrils, that kind of. Yeah, it's it like rough, rough town. There's like a lot of like rougher towns in between there. But you know, the LNG is pretty rough too. Oh like, yeah, I mean, oh fuck, I remember. People talk about Connecticut now. I mean, yeah, and it, it does. I even the town I grew up in, I had a lot of wealthy people around. But you know, most of my friends, we were we were the you know, my dad was the high school janitor, my mom was the housekeeper. All these people. You know why I think Brian the duality there was Burbs. It was Burbs for New York City. Yep. Right, the I-95 crowd, right? So, But then yep. there's also Rust Belt. It looks like it was bombed, right? The factory's all burnt. And so it was this dangling duality. Exactly, you know, but I'm, I look back on it now and I feel so privileged and lucky because, because I grew up in a slight a town with some wealth, even though yeah. my family wasn't that way. My my school had a music program, Yeah, you know? right. And that was a huge deal because if I needed to get my hands on, say, a trumpet, I could do that. Right, right. Um, you I'm really great. another uh, soundtrack thing you did. With uh, Angel Dardorian, who I had on the show a few uh, episodes ago, Jordan Dykstra, yep. CJ Kamarari, that's a tough, but it's a beautiful name. And this is Hail Rick St- Scott, Hail Satan. <laughs> I want to dial <laughs> Thank you. 
Show that chunk of music started off with well, the people I just described, right? Brian here, the guest, Angel uh, Deridarium, Jordan Dykstra. Let me f- try and fuck this up again. CJ Camarari, Camarari. Yeah. Ooh, that's a toughie. <laughs> that's a tough. And then uh, CLWCC Watt. This is a project out with uh, Sam Lock Ward in Iowa City. Big Pig, Kara. Kay's got a new album. Who was born in New Haven, by the way? Right. Her daddy. Mm-hmm. Her daddy put in the pewter system in Yale. Oh yeah. I wouldn't shit you. And then Big Boys <laughs> after that. In the old days, Minutemen and Big Boys were the only U.S. bands to get the idea from pop group to do funk in punk. And uh, that was interesting. They had it in New York City, too, with the contortions and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I had uh, Cynthia and R.B. from the Bush Tetris yesterday. Wet Cigarette out of Canada, not I. Deerhoof from their brand new record. They're doing a couple year now. Uh, Divine Comedy, only now featuring Robin... Sukadia, Cavern Trance, Cavern Trance, Skeletons in the Cloner, Mike Adams in his Honest Weight. I think that's got Thor Harris on the drums. Great drum man. Awesome. Oh, yeah. And Krishna soundtrack with Brian McComber, the woodpecker. Okay, so <laughs> that, 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 that gig was a, what, profound a sea change? Seeing those. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was the first time where I, I, I felt like. Because I had been to see, I guess my first technical concert was, uh, I went to see White Zombie at um, Toads. And then I saw uh, Fishbone and Helmet play. Wow, those uh, are good bands. So I was seeing, like, 
bands I would see on MTV at the time. I go to those shows, but the real show that was the game changer was that VFW Hall show in some little town. Where Why? Because like, it made you want to play, right? Not just be a watcher. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yep, exactly. You know, it was like the audience was participating, people jumping on stage, right. grabbing the microphone. It felt like, it, it just like that was the aha moment where I'm like, oh, we could do this. And yeah. so from there on out, that was when I was 14. And from there on out, I was just playing shows, booking shows. Uh, oh, you mean helping putting on shows? Yeah, people yeah. People forget I mean, about not, that, that part that almost all, you didn't have like promoters that were just some snake. Well, you did have those. You're going back to vaudeville and shit, but in the in the punk movement, you had dudes that were in bands, like Dukowski yeah. built the circuit. We're still t- torn on from Black yeah. Side. yeah, yeah, and exact exactly. You know, like one of the bands I saw at that concert I just mentioned um, was this band Converge. Oh yeah, um, and you know uh, they're 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 sort of the, the heirs of of what you guys did, and you know I, I guess I am to an extent too. But to to blaze that trail to 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 find those promoters or venues or just like, you know, collaborators. Right. Uh, co-conspirators. Co-conspirators <laughs> is an even better way to put it. Uh, yeah. That's, that's all because of, of you guys and flag. And a lot of people would describe even, even what like Kurt is doing. Um, you know, yeah, I, I would say Kurt, Kurt Balu from Converge sure. is somebody who's, um, you know, in that whole band with the record label and the recording thing. And it's just sort of, you know, the next generation. Of- it's hard, try to explain uh, punk to people. Okay. You could try to call it a style of music, but it was more, it was like parallel universe. Let's, let's just get music out because no one will let us. So we're going to do it. Yeah. It didn't, the genre thing wasn't ever an issue. I suppose yeah. like when I came into it, it was becoming more of a thing, you know? Yeah. Well, like, Humans but, like but, to poison everything. <laughs> right? Yeah, little, yeah, so, little Richard sold way less Tutti Fruities than fucking Pat Boone. That's <laughs> just a reality. That's like 1955 or something. <laughs> let, let me ask you. After high school, do you go to school for uh, higher education for music? No, because of the situation I grew up into and the scene I grew up Like the sure. idea of, of going to music school was seen as stupid or, or just yeah, like pretentious. Right, right. You know, uh, I never... Exactly. I went to school and I studied uh, biology. Okay. So, so I got a degree, but the whole time I was playing music, you know. Yeah, like but I, I would, bet you that fucking studies in biology somehow informs your music. I I really think it did, especially doing research, because yeah. the whole idea when you're in a lab, and I did this after I got a degree, and then for oh like eight years I just worked in different laboratories doing biological research, which supplied me the the necessary you know money. To right, go on right, tour, right, so right. I lost money. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, right. No, not, that makes a lot of sense. Like Nils Klein working for Wilco, right? He can do all those ex- experimental things. Thank you, yeah, Mr. Tweedy. Yeah. Thank you, Mr. Tweedy. But what I was saying about the biology thing is, you know, from the one cell protozoa to, you know, human beings with all those cells, they're almost different versions of bands. The same oh, kind okay. of thing, how things systems have to relate with each other on an organic level. Uh, uh, yeah, in yeah. Some ways, I, bands I have to do that too. Yeah, and in, in the lab, man, it's about it's about collaborating. For instance, right. if I need to know how to do this one technique in the lab to get this to run this experiment that I've never done, I got to reach out to somebody and be like, "Hey, you're good at this thing. Do you want to help me? And can I help you? You want right. to collaborate?" And I do that. That's what I do with music too. Yeah, yeah, right, right. That it takes a little bit of humility, but also takes yeah. a little bit of uh, you know courage. Saying, you know, maybe this cat is good. Yeah, maybe they go together. Uh, but that's interesting. So uh, yeah. you, you said you did the touring thing. I did, yeah. Now, what was that like? 
Um, for the most part, it was great. I haven't done it as much lately, but um, no, but well, we're talking older days. Yeah, so I did a lot of it with just like different punk bands or, or like a couple of different bands, whatever whatever band <laughs> was was doing it around me. You know, well, you were more like uh, helping other bands, or did you bring guys into your band? Um. I was more helping other bands. I guess as a yeah. drummer, you can get you can get bounced around a lot, and that, sure, that bass guys to too. Yeah, yeah. I just I just was like down to play with whoever, and then I joined this band that, with Angel. I joined it about a year before Angel did, but Thirty Projectors, and that one that oh! one got me on the road a lot. And they're, um, and they're Brooklyn Cats, right? At the time, yeah. That and that one was like how I got on tour with Deerhoof and Battles and Hella and all these bands, opening up for them. Right, um, sharing the I bill. Met. Yeah, that's why I met all these amazing musicians. Talk uh, about a drummer, composer, band leader, Greg Sarnier. Oh yeah, I mean Greg. Greg is a huge influence on me. And he so. shows you. He also proves that you don't get ruined by higher education if you because he went to Oberlin, right? He was telling me he was studying Gregorian chants. I think you can <laughs> inoculate yourself from that fanny patch. Uh, what, what what I hate is when they turn shit into sports. You know, all of a sudden, who can play giant steps faster? Fuck that. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the thing. I guess like, I, yeah, I mean, absolutely. I wish I paid more attention and tried to learn to read music and to, to orchestrate a little bit more because those tools could have done me a lot of good nowadays when I'm doing. But I, again, as a kid, I was just like, I'm gonna do my thing. And yeah, I'm gonna how are you gonna know? Yeah, I didn't play to a metronome ever. I don't know how. I can't still. It's really difficult for me to do that. But if you're if you're trained to be a session drummer or whatever, you know that's like what you got to do, and you got to do it this way. And I was always like, "Fuck that! I want to do my own thing." Would you? And, you ever hit the Milford Graves? Oh yeah, because he's one of those guys who brought in that Elvin thing. You know, it's not straight time. It's it's like the tide or the pulse. Oh yeah, or the ocean. It was the man. I was just I was just filming a praying mantis the other day. Is that right? <laughs> Interesting relationships between their men and women. Oh, he, that's another scientist drummer. He's such an inspiration to me because he's a scientist. Yeah. Like, that guy is a scientist. You know, he drumming is a part of that exploration for him. And even getting into just like, like every, oh man, I, if I had been in a position to study drums or like looking for that, I did have a teacher. At one point I studied a little bit with Farone Akla. Yeah. Um, who's uh Who's part of you know taking a lot of the stuff Coltrane? He has a double duo with Robbie sure. Coltrane and Sean and and uh, but like you know I, I I never and the part of the reason I liked Farone is he he never told me what to do. Half of the lessons with him were telling me stories about how he you know interacted with Miles Davis at the chiropractor or something. That was the lesson. John Coltrane <laughs> talked about he said it was very hard to talk to Miles Davis about music. He didn't want to do it. I think he wanted yeah. you to find your own way maybe. Look, we're I at the end so. of the first I... hour, October 29, 2021, Dish Pedro Show special guest, Brian McComber. Hold tight for hour two. October 29, 2021, second hour, watch for Pedro Show.
justice background investigates the mysteries of nature. I got the short response to a long question. I got the short response to a long question.
was, <laughs> I mean, the, I'll, get, I'll give you the 30 second story. So I was, I was on tour flying to a show and uh, I sit next to this young woman. She's working on Final Cut and I'm working on Pro Tools. We're both working. We start talking. She's a filmmaker and I end up going on to help her with her, her movie. And then wow. that movie got in, <laughs> that one got into Sundance. I go to Sundance. I meet more filmmakers. It just, and then next thing I know, I'm at Keen scoring a, a film with some Indian dude. I have to go to Mumbai for a month and lock myself in a hotel room and come up with a score for his film. It's going to be at Keen in, in a couple weeks. And I just didn't sleep, locked myself in a hotel room in India and just cranked it out. So I, I just fell into it. And then that just got more work and I, I kept going. I just, I kind of stopped playing the drums during that time because I was but composing. When you say, yeah, but when, okay, let me ask you about the composing. Yeah. Like a soundtrack to a movie for a guy in Mumbai. So yeah. you you composed the whole thing on a drum set? No. Um, I did it all on my laptop alone in a hotel. I didn't even have a MIDI keyboard. But what I did is, is I kind of like just had people send me a bunch of tracks. And then the way I composed is just kind of creative editing and Pro Tools, and adding all kinds of effects, making these mix chain, or effects chains. We're, we're taking advantage of the graphic part of it, right? Where you can move things around. Man, yeah. those days with the, t you wouldn't have liked the 70s with the fucking razor blades. Oh my God, I don't I do what I do at the speed that I do it without, you know, digital workstations. Yeah, but, you know. so, so dudes fly in things and they're like, what you're doing is like being a conductor with little performances. Yeah, I, I don't even consider myself much of a film composer as much as maybe like a musical director, producer, almost more. Um, because very rarely am I actually playing or scoring as in like pen to page the notes for people. For instance, with Brandon, I just drew, drew him a graphic score. Yeah. I wanted him to do these like sort of lines of, of and how I wanted the lines to move. And then I just had him bow the banjo like a maniac he is. Right. And, uh, you know, he sent me a bunch of tracks. And then afterwards, I spent many, many weeks editing those tracks and adding to it, adding timpani drums, adding synths. But it started with him and a graphic score, which I just doodled, you know. Right, but if right, I'm right. given great, great ingredients from these amazing musicians, it's like if you're cooking a, a dish, if you have good, fresh vegetables and, fr you know, fresh ingredients. Yeah, you, right. You go wrong. And, and then it's just about how to put them together. Well, you need a cat on the rudder, right? Yeah, it's hard with like ten dudes on the rudder, driven yeah. by committee or but but uh, okay. I've seen these uh, definitions uh -huh. nowadays, like in the old movies, right? Music by you know, yeah, the, the, you know uh, Jerry Goldsmith or whatever the Sam Pebble. They, even the, in the middle of the movie, they stop for t ten minutes so you hear this big sweet. But now uh -huh. I see like descriptions like sound sound designer, soundscape. Yep. So is this more like what you're talking about? Maybe, yeah. I think those those terms are coming into to vogue more just because they're they better describe what the creative party is doing. Probably, you know, like when I think of a composer, I think of the guys you just mentioned who probably notated and orchestrated everything to a piece of paper, right? And then, you know, it was all coming through them as individuals. You could think of maybe from the the band world, people like Dylan or some of these old singer songwriter types in the same kind of you know, cut from the same cloth, whereas the, the groups that you and I were a part of were more like bands. It was more collaborative, right? right? right, right. So it's, I'm trying to bring that to, to what I, you know, in quotes, film scoring, where I have this more collaborative exchange. And, and I've never let, I try to not let my personal ego get in the way or make it about me, even though I am the one 
doing all and making all the choices like a director does that too with film right they they're, they're well, not I was going to say you're given direction but by this this doodling graphic uh, scores I think you're given a lot of leeway to your cat you're working with yeah, it's all, and that's why you know my scores are usually only as good as the musicians I can get to to participate and collaborate, and you know. Again, the food analogy, right? It's, I like that analogy. Yeah, if you, if, <laughs> I use even it too if much, you got cur- corn in the turds, it's going to taste like turd. <laughs> exactly, it could be real good corn. Look, you gave yeah. me a trial day too. I'm gonna play it. Thank you. 
Delta Sierra Juliet, this is Roswell. Do you read? Roswell, this is Delta Sierra Juliet. Is there any known traffic below 5,000? Delta Sierra Juliet, no known traffic. Well, there appears to be a large aircraft below 5,000, Roswell. Over. Delta Sierra Juliet, what, what type of aircraft is it? Roswell, I cannot confirm. Bright. Seems to be like landing lights. Delta Sierra Juliet. Roswell, this is Delta Sierra Juliet. The aircraft has just passed over me at least a thousand feet above. Roger, is it a large aircraft? Confirm. Size is unknown due to the speed it's traveling. Is there any air force in the vicinity? Known Air Force in vicinity. Sierra Juliet. It's now approaching from the east toward me. Delta Sierra Juliet. Seems to me he's playing some sort of a game, Roswell. It's 
It's passed over me two or three times at speeds I cannot identify. Over. Roger, what is your altitude? My level is four and a half thousand, four five zero zero. Delta Sierra Juliet, confirm that you cannot identify the aircraft. Affirmative, I cannot identify the object. Over. Roger. Stand by. Val. Val, get over here. Put the cans on and listen to this. Not identify any engines or source of propulsion. Over. Delta Sierra Juliet, can you describe the aircraft? Roswell, as it's flying past, it's a long shape and metallic. Otherwise, I cannot identify more than that due to its speed. It's hovering above me right now. Roger, and how large would the object be? Roswell, it appears to be stationary. What I'm doing right now is orbiting. It's also got a green light, shiny on the outside. Delta Sierra Juliet. Roswell, it just vanished. Delta, Sierra Juliet? Roswell, would you know what that is? The aircraft I've got is a military-type aircraft. Over. Delta, Sierra Juliet. Confirm that the aircraft has just vanished. Say again. Is the aircraft still with you? It's uh, approaching from the southwest. Delta, Sierra Juliet. Roswell, the engine is left idling. I've got it at 23, 24, and this thing is... Roger, w w what are your intentions? My intention is to go to Carlsbad with a strange aircraft. It's hovering above me. Do you copy, Roswell? It is hovering above me. Come in, Delta, Sierra, Juliet. Do you copy? Delta, Sierra, Juliet. Come in. Delta, Sierra, Juliet. Come in. Sierra Juliet, this is Roswell. Do you copy?
Watch for Pedro Show at Chunky Music Style with Trial Day 2. Nuts soundtrack. Brian McComber, Kurt Ballou. Then Kant's Absent Mindedness from Love Bounded by Water. And finally, Roswell from the last transmission soundtrack, Brian McComber. John Dietrich, incredible guitar man. I got to make an album called The Man, Hand of Man Band. Was oh, it yeah. Hand of Hand Band. Yeah, it was with uh, Tollum and Tim Barnes, a great fucking drummer man. And uh, improvised, right, over a couple of days, and then they put it together. I, I'm curious about, like, you were talking about old days of making soundtracks. So the composer, you said, is writing out all the stuff. And, like, mm-hmm. me and you are from an experience where there's more bands. I'm thinking of, get me up, maybe I'm fucking full of shit. Well, maybe I'm partially, but maybe I'm even more full. But I'm thinking of cartoon soundtracks with Spike Jones and what were they called, the City Slickers? And now... Was that shit really scored out, or were they watching the movie and trying to play to it? A movie, cartoon. Oh, man. I, I think, I don't know a whole lot about this. Who, who's, oh, man, I'm trying to think of the, I should know this name. It's on the tip of my tongue. The composer who did all of the uh, the Looney Tunes and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Is Jerry Goldsmith? I, I, no. I, I don't, well, I know he did the Sam Pedals, but he did a lot of movies. But uh, I was talking about the actual, like, the performer, like, the, these things where you hear whistles and right Spike Jones's music was I'm not talking about our modern day Spike Jones a young man director I'm talking about the guy in the uh, 50s that was making this music out of sound of, there's no synthesizers yet right so they're hitting bells and whistles and and they use this for some, um, it's non-symphonic music you know they're not using violins and shit yeah yeah I think they were doing there's all these tricks they used to do uh, man I'm I'm so not up on the history of songs. What you're saying is like, like when that lady was sitting next to you on the airplane, yeah, she was, she had a final cut. So they sound is synced right with the the video, right? The images, right? Yeah, the images. yeah. And I think you could do that in Pro Tools also. But oh, uh, totally, is that how you is that how you work? That's how I work. Yeah, a lot of times. I mean, it it varies on every project. Like oftentimes, a director will come in and ask me to write some music for which they can rehearse to or even like block a scene with or you know direct with that's very rare usually what happens is a oh you mean the music comes first and then he wants to cut the the video stuff to it sometimes yeah i mean i'm actually doing that right now with an amazing uh, musician uh named judith berkson and uh you were talking about mtv right that was that whole mode in the 90s right they were always making like and write the video to the music but then that went exactly. away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so so sometimes, like this one I'm working on right now, I had to do all the music beforehand because the animators wanted to animate to the music. But usually, especially with, you know, low-budget films, what yeah. ends up happening is the director's editing themselves and putting in music, whatever they want. Temp, yeah. We call it temp music. And then I have to replace that. I mean, it's like a um, placeholder. Yeah, and that, that has its pros and cons, mostly cons. But, um, <laughs> you know, it's a part of in filmmaking, jamming. Jamming Econo, you know, like that's sure, if sure. you want to get music in your movie to make it feel good, you just use what you can get your hands on, and then afterwards you figure out how to replace it or license it. Um, right, right. So, little pirate, yeah, yeah, a little bit of pirate. But uh, in the meantime, also, it's I don't know if people know the money's involved in the film world. It's like yeah, there's incredible. No, I know because of <laughs> K. You know, K got a fucking a couple Emmys. A, uh, Oscar, she even got an even more uh, the, the the golden reel or something from the other 
she said it was just like hardcore. All the guys want to run the show, and she had to break her leg off in their ass. But a, yeah. a lot of this shit where it's not really merit driven. It's like connects and all this jive people bullshitting. And so, yeah, oh, there's so much of that. You know, it was interesting for me also, again, coming from the same kind of community, music community that you did, just a little bit younger. But, um, you know, I, I really wasn't aware of how many films are being made under the radar that are low budget films or even no budget films, you know, stuff that's right. getting made. Like that one film I gave you, some of that Krisha soundtrack. I mean, that entire film was made for 50 grand, Whoa. which, you know, I think is just a testament to the filmmaking that it came out as good as it did. But, um, you know, or that woman, for instance, I told you I sat next to the plane, Hannah, her name's Hannah. And, you, you know, that film was made for, I think, a hundred grand. So they can be made. It's still a lot of money compared to what it costs to make an album. I but, know, I know, I know. That's called Econo, right? <laughs> yeah. And that's how I did my film scores, too. Sometimes the budgets I was working for in the beginning were just, you know, not even enough that if I put if I if I calculated my hours based on what I was paid, it's it's something like. Yeah, but you got experience. <laughs> Maybe not all payment is in the coin. Yeah. And, you know, uh, yeah, I, I, I had to learn. And for me, it was like, oh, this is this is my schooling. This is the education I never got is I'm just going to work on these films. It's like you, you were your own intern. <laughs> kind of. And that comes with some good things and some yeah, bad right. things. I've had to learn a lot of things. At least too, you got you know? autonomy, but you had to pay for it. Yeah. We're at the end of yeah. October, uh, October 29, 2021, the Dishwap Pedro Show. Special guest, Brian McComber. Hold tight for our three. October 29, 2021, it's the third hour of the Watt for Pedro
Pedro Show, start off the third hour, Kerosene, live, this is St. Vincent with Brian McComber, Shazadis Molly, great bass man, and Nat Baldwin, then uh, I.D. DeFemel, The Portrait of a Vagabond, Jerome Brayton, Damon Smith Duo, This Is Clear, Ray Shin, Sweet Chlorine, and then Gors- Gorski, from the Blow the Man Down soundtrack, Brian McComber, Tolem McDonough's, all right, there's Tolem. Fucking small world. Michael Pestel <laughs> and Jordan Dykstra. Wow. So how'd you meet Tom? You know, he just, saw, him and his wife sold the van. Now they're touring by train. <laughs> yeah, they were just here. They just crashed with me like last month okay. before they headed to Europe. They're we jammed a little bit. Yeah. Like, they're touring by train. Me and Kay once did a little Dutch-Belgian tour, but, uh, you know, th- th- we're talking huge things. He's, he's balls out and, and, and playing gigs all the time and, Musical yeah, he's man. giving you a run for your money on your own philosophy. <laughs> Shows to go, yeah. Don't pound the chest too hard, What? Somebody can do it better. <laughs> okay, so, okay, these, you see the techniques vary. Now, it's not always because of the, the budget thing, right? Some directors, yep. they're probably more hands-on. Some are more like, you know, make it be so, man. Yeah, it's it's everyone's so different, you know? It's like if you were in a band with Tom and Brandon, right? You know what to expect. Those guys are going to play, like, insanely fast virtuosic <laughs> stuff. But then you can be in another band with somebody else. So it's, it's just one note you hold for, <laughs> for right. a while. And you just let the let it let it wash over you. And with the film stuff, it's everyone's different. And that's kind of what I like about it. I, I get bored playing the same music all the time. Um when I joined that that group, Dirty Projectors, part of what yeah. I liked about it is it was always different, and there was a lot of room for improvisation, but within the same context of like a pop band. Um, yeah. But but with film scoring, every everyone's different. I kind of like make a band for whatever score I'm into, and with like you know that one I you just played with Tolem, that was uh, that was for this film, Blow the Man Down. They wanted an acoustic. They liked this idea of like you know prepared pianos or these the, the metal and wood sounds. So I brought Tolem in and. Um, he did a great job. You know, drummer man and soundtrack man. I know one other cat that's gotten pretty successful. He played on the last Captain Beefheart, I Scream for Crow. Uh, Cliff Martinez? Oh, yeah. I mean, he's like a staple of the, the film world. There's yeah, a lot of drums yeah, that are in the are they, I, That's just why I wanted to ask you. You think, because, you know, drummers, I remember, you know, Georgie was way into Chico Hamilton. And I remember reading in those, you know, a little while ago, 40, 50 years. But he couldn't oh. get songwriting credit. Drummers can't write. Well, hey, <laughs> drummers aren't usually writing lyrics. Uh, I think this is also and maybe like a, the notes vest- last real short, so they're not real notes. I don't know. I think this is a vestige <laughs> of of a lot of the Western, uh, yeah. oftentimes, like I think, like racist history yeah, of, yeah. of of music here. Because right, because you know, just take like, you know, just take like Senegalese subar drumming yeah. or something. You know, how do you how do you get credit for that? It's got no lyrics, it's got no melody. Well, in our world, Western world, that means there's no intellectual property right. behind it. That's right. Right. You get, but you know what? In a way, maybe drummies are coming back through the fucking movie biz. I mean, I don't know. I think I, hard to say. I think I think oftentimes in scoring, it's not about a lyric or a melody. It's about a timbre or a tone. And I think drummers are best suited to kind of explore that world. Well, for sure, it's a collab. This is one thing I, I learned about from Kay about this movie making. But loads of people are involved, even a Kano one. Yeah, it's true. 
it really is like take take your I mean, maybe the analogy for that one is is if you're a promoter of a music festival yeah. and you have to go from ha- place to place with all these different bands and all yeah. these moving parts, like there's just so much more and, and it's 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 tricky, you know? Yeah, yeah, Jungle Rock. Okay, yeah. Ticket to Ride. Person to Person soundtrack. Let's hear it.
in the stage, you gon' see him. This that Bruce Lee versus Chuck Norris in Rome at the Coliseum. Amazing with that pen work, something like a hymn, a song that touches your soul when you at church. Whenever I start, Bish Malar spoke first. With the mic, I'm G the Shuttlesworth. Jaded Kids killed it when he said when the come in, they use the same skills they use the way the winds with. Staring at the sky above. This is Rage One verse in surgical gloves. My mind is at peace. Please don't disturb that. I'm so focused now, and I know y'all hate that. This is Trojan Horse Hot for hip hop. One of the main reasons that I can't stop the face with his nose missing. It's the face of Satan. Eventually, I'ma write the war in heaven. The guy I cut look like Benny Blanco from the Bronx. Line him up with the bevels, raise the sharp. I'm a demon with the clippers, yo. Lost my mind to get out south. I'm on the red of the blue line. Time to test drive a Lambo true story. Even though I can't afford that, though, just to feel that and drill in the rush. To feel the power shift the speeds with the clutch. One exhaust stamps on my passport. Actually, I gotta get one first. I'm on box using elbows on some safari shit in Dubai. Riding through the desert on a camel. I'm gonna make it if you're with me or I'm dolo. Spellbound the odds like I'm K Solo. Live and direct, nobody dictate shit from me. Show and prove us how I move exactly. Stronger and more wiser, less stressor. Far stay aggressive, more angrier. No savior, says tower behavior. Just let me talk my. Talk my, let me talk my I'm on my Ricky Field. I'm on my Comiskey Park. I'm on my Soldier Field. I'm on my United Center. I'm on my Sears Tower. Just let me talk my shit. Yeah.
Watch for Pedro Show, last music for this edition. Ticket to Ride, person to person soundtrack with Brian McComber, Charlie Belmore, and Paul Thorstenson. Then we had Davo Ye Biovuk, which is, uh, yeah, I'm destroying the Slovene language now. Sorry, I don't mean to. The Devil Was Hot, live at Club Coca and Split 2015 is Tobakova Kushne Pesci. Then Talam with that KFJC live. Oh, that great radio station, uh, right? Alto, Los Altos Hills, I think, uh, up by, by uh, the city and shit. I got Chicago, clean PB block. Uh, oh, he spelled it weird. It didn't weird, just different, B-L-A-C. Black Nation, Jason Bourne. And then finally, Warsaw, all these voices, soundtrack with Brian McComber. All, all these voices, soundtrack with Brian McComber, Paul Wienko, and Sam Reeder, or Ryder. I'd have to ask the man, Bernstein, Bernstein, you know, there's rules over there, but when it comes over here, it's, yeah, like with your name, right? It's the, that's my ma or that's my pop. Yep. Uh, enlighten us to the ticket to write. There is a Beatle Connect, people, but I guessed right. <laughs> yeah, that, that one, uh, that one, I just had this guy, Paul, he played in this, uh, this band Dissolve that I grew up um admiring as a kid it's hardcore man he just screams his brains out so so i gave him the track and, and just said do your thing you know you know what this music's supposed to sound like and uh he did he just sent me back a bunch of a, a bunch of, he just it was all there it, it sounded like a finished song it just did it didn't have any lyrics he was just screaming gibberish but there is one hook where it sounds like he's saying i got a ticket to ride no <laughs> i don't think it's that's what he's saying i never even asked him actually but there's no lyrics it's it just sounds like lyrics and so that's where the, the, the coincidence, came uh, from. coincidence. Yeah, I guess that's like a pretty talking heads kind of thing. Right, guilt but. by association. <laughs> okay. <laughs> or like the gibberish leads to actual lyrics. But somehow. but some ways, you know, having a petri dish kind of trip where you just experiment and cu- trying to cultivate, maybe maybe that's yeah. what you got to do to bring something out. You know, out of the, well, the, out of the box. That sounds corny ass, but something that ain't calculated. Yeah, that's that's what I love doing. I love experimenting and I love finding the happy accidents and just letting those ride and yeah. then and then those become something great along the way. So I try to I try to let those things happen. Now can you play drums at your pad? I can, yeah. I, I'm I've been playing more actually lately, but I, I haven't you know, there's a few years here where I didn't really play much at all. Right. But you do a lot of work at home, you got a little studio? Yeah, I got a little okay, studio great. here that I can get my basic stuff done in and yeah. um yeah. And what about uh, playing gigs? You stopped doing that? You know, I was supposed to play. Stevie Bono was putting on a show. Stevie uh, Bono? Right before, yeah. He, he's uh, he's the one that connected us. He's living out here yeah. now. And um, I was supposed to do something with him and Angel, Derek Dorian, and uh, a bunch of other people, but it got canceled right before the pandemic, and I haven't been out yet since. But I hope to play some more gigs soon. Okay. And when it, when you do... It's like helping other cats out, or do you? Is there a Brian McComber band? I don't really have my own thing that I go out and do. Yeah, Most, yeah. I guess that's like the film scoring thing is my my thing. Sure, but sure. Um, yeah, I, I like playing with other people. I like I like helping other people, especially those who have helped me. I like helping them do their thing too. So um, there's yeah, there's a few people. And they, I know if they need drummers here and there, I'll, I'll be. I'll be well, happy. let me ask you this: What about other cats doing? Do you look up to other people who are doing soundtracks? Do I look up to them? Like, you know, it, like it, learn from and shit. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, of course. You want to name some? Because I, I, I ain't too hip to the, that world. <laughs> uh, 
Well, uh, Rob Lowe, the guy, one of the guys I did um, uh, that It Comes at Night soundtrack with, he, he's gotten into doing scores re- recently. He's somebody that's um, influenced me as far as like learning how to do um, some modular synthesis stuff. He, he just did a soundtrack for that Candyman movie that's coming out. Or it's already out, actually. So uh, synthesizer. And, and we're not talking with a keyboard, right? No, modular. Yeah, modular. Yeah. Rob, Rob is one of those dudes who's doing like film score stuff. He's done a lot of other things where helped out like Johan Johansson on a lot of his things and helped me out. Um, you know, he's he's somebody that I look up to as far as that world. And like Cliff Martinez and stuff. Um, I just admire you know, the fuck out of his stuff. I went to his website. I couldn't believe yeah. all the films. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, these are people that heavily influence, especially him, just as a drummer playing in rock. Yeah, bands. Like, yeah. You know, he never got to do a gig. That. They did a video, but Captain quit music right when they got the album done. And he never got to yeah. do a gig with them. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I mean, I think he played in Red Hot Chili Peppers for a little while. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah, I think you know, he did I think, something with Tito LaRiva called Easy Teeth, too. I mean, he was in our punk scene a little bit. You know, yeah. but amazing man, what he's done and stuff. And I don't know, you being a drummy and the, the soundtrack thing, I just made a connect with that. Like, absolutely. And is there a website people can find you on, on the internet? Uh, I have a website that's kind of more catered to my film score stuff. Just Brian yeah. Cumber. Um, okay, let's let's spell that. B r i a n m c o m b e r dot com. Yep. Yeah, and. Yeah. Uh, I mean, great, great honor to have you on the show and everything. And uh, you probably got your hands full with something right now, right? Uh, I'm doing a couple things, but I'm always, I'm always, hopefully not too full. Okay. <laughs> I've been too full in the past, and I, I, as you know, also, it's not, it's not a good place to be for your. Yeah, you don't want to let people down, your, right? Exactly, especially yeah. what I do. You know, a lot of people they pass off their movie, this thing that they've sure. heard about, oftentimes is the most detailed. It's their baby, right? Story, and they give it to me to try to do stuff. So I, I definitely take that responsibility seriously. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. I know it's tough and shit, but it, it's better than just wearing down the shirt sleeve. Take it to heart. It, it, yeah, you can't take too much because you're going to let everybody you're down, including right, yourself. Right, right. Really beautiful. Very inspiring spiel I got to do with you, Brian. Thanks so much for being on the show. When you get other stuff, you're welcome aboard anytime, please. Thank you. Thank you okay. and as well. Thanks for having me. October 29, 21. Nope, 2021. Don't jump the gun. Watch. Watch for Pedro. She'll keep you powdered, right?